This morning we're finishing up a sermon series on Matthew chapter 9. We began by looking at the kingdom of heaven, what Matthew shares to us there about Christ's kingdom work. There was power in what Jesus was doing to heal people and to free them, but also we saw the great grace of Jesus. And you see it here in our passage as well. Not only for Matthew, who would have been considered as as pretty much everybody else in Matthew 9, on the outs, but also helping him press through what others might say about what God could do in his life. No, you can be a part of my kingdom work. Follow me. And so we've celebrated the kingdom work we are doing and God's calling us to be. But then last week, we also saw not only the kingdom of heaven, but we spent some time glorying in the king. We saw his kingship and, and said to ourselves, how is it this year, in the, in the coming year in ministry and with my family and, and in my influence, how is it I need to yield to his authority? You just don't see his power and his grace, but you also in Matthew 9 see his authority. And today, as, as our choir sang for us so beautifully, we're also going to see Jesus' heart. In his kingdom work in Matthew 9, we get to see the goodness and the faithfulness and the kindness of God put on display. How is God calling you to put his kindness on display? What's he calling you to do and to be? My daughter was at her preschool graduation at McGee United Methodist Church. I was glad that our church could host that. And they went down the line for each child and they gave them a microphone. Yes, they gave a preacher's daughter a microphone. What do you want to be? Who are you and what do you want to be when you grow up? And it started at the end. I want to be a doctor. I want to be a farmer. I want to be a NASCAR driver. I want to be this. I want to be that. All these wonderful aspirations of what God might do in your life. And then it got to my daughter. Hi, my name is Kate Mail. And I want to be a mermaid. <laughs> Who's God calling you to be? How is it God's calling you to put his kindness on display? There's so much here revealed about the heart of Jesus, but also about our heart. His heart and how he reaches out for others. But you get to the second part of our passage here, you all don't get it. It's compassion. Go back to Hosea. I want that heart, that gut-level brokenness for God and for others put on display. You're so quick to judge. I just talked about that on the Sermon on the Mount. Not just your little hoops to jump through, but what's going on here? Don't say you've not murdered. Have you murdered in your heart? Don't say you haven't committed adultery. Have you lusted in your heart? Have you been judgmental? Have you been prideful in your heart? Or do you pray and fast in secret? Are you trusting God in your heart to give you what you ask? Verse 13, I desire compassion. And we talked about it last week. You see that later in our passage in verse 36. He sees these people who are downcast, they're distressed, they're without a shepherd, and Jesus is moved with compassion. You know that Greek word well. I talk about it all the time, but it it literally has to do with your gut turning over and over until it comes out is the graphic Greek term. 
moved in your belly. It's what Jesus shares when he talks about the good Samaritan. That's why he got down and helped. He was moved in his belly. That's why the father in Luke 15 races to his son. He was moved with compassion. When Mark talks about a leper in chapter uh, 1, verse 41, and all the reasons for Jesus to stay away, he couldn't stay away. Why? He was moved with compassion. One commentator says every time there's a need, every time there's a hurt, it's just like Jesus to not let a sufferer go without a healing. And you see it throughout Matthew. That word is, is two to one over any other book of the New Testament. We see the compassion of Jesus put on display here, again in Matthew 14, in Matthew 15, in Matthew 20, over and over again, moved in his belly, broken for those who are in need, physically, emotionally, relationally, spiritually moved in his belly. This is what the kingdom of heaven is about. And ultimately, that kindness would be put on display in his cross. To come to us unworthy, and yet he deemed us worthy to die for and to serve us and to, to call us into that kingdom. How is it for you and how is it for me in this season, in the coming year, that you and I can say, Lord, what's that kingdom work that you have been calling me to and I need to say yes to it? Lord, as we see throughout Matthew's gospel, he has all authority. He is the promised king. How is it I I need to submit to that? It's been my agenda with my family. It's been my agenda here. It's been my agenda there. And I want to yield today in a new way to you. But also, as you have shown me your kindness, how can I, how can we share that with a world that so desperately needs the kindness of God? This past week, my wife shared a story with me. We had talked about it before of the missionary to Africa, Helen Rosevere. Some of you are familiar with her. She's actually preached several years ago. Uh, in Jackson, Mississippi, but she served as a missionary to Africa, uh, but also she was a medical professional and led an orphanage there in Africa, and on one occasion, she was violated in horrific ways by a man, and then later kidnapped, and, in, and later that week, a week from that, she says, uh, in her kidnapping, that those rebels who were armed took her out to a public area and, and gathered people around, I think 800 soldiers from that area who just watched, did nothing. And these rebels had set up a mock trial because they wanted to kill Helen. And so they began to talk of, of questions, and they knew they would try to trap her. And as soon as they could try to catch her in a lie, then they would kill her. And the word that they used for that over and over again was crucify. Now, Helen was not just a missionary, as I said. Here's what you need to know. She gave medical care to the people of that community. She had an orphanage in that community. And in one hard and difficult day, she had lost a mom who was giving birth, but she was able to save the child. And so here's Helen with this brand-new, very young, even premature baby and a crying 2-year-old, and the mother is lost. 
She begins to bark out orders. You, go get a hot water bottle for this child because we need to keep the child warm. You, go get a cot and some wool to cover the child. And, and you, go get a baby doll because we've got to console this two-year-old who's lost her entire life. Her mom is gone. There is no father here. Go. They ran and somebody somehow actually had a hot water bottle on the equator. They filled it up and it burst. What are we going to do? Build a fire. Put the cot as close as you can. We're going to cover the child, but we've got to keep this child warm. I'll go into town and see if I can find a hot water bottle in Africa, and maybe we can find a baby doll. She had stopped by the orphanage, as she always did, routinely to pray with them, and said, children, I want to let you know of a need. We've had a baby born. I don't know if she'll survive. She needs heat. And uh, so I just want you to pray for her. And one of the children boldly stepped up and says, what do you need? Well, we had a hot water bottle uh, but to keep her warm, but that broke. And so let's pray for the hot water bottle. Let's pray. And so this little child began to pray, Lord, we need a hot water bottle. We don't need it tomorrow. We need it this afternoon. And she's talked about this little girl. Would you send a dolly as well for this child? Amen. Helen Rosevere admits in her speaking she had trouble saying amen to that. How's God going to show? I haven't got, I've been here four years and I haven't gotten a package in four years. Nobody sent me anything. Support, money, yes, prayers, yes, nothing. She goes home and sees a car leaving her house. Doesn't know who it was, but there's the box sitting on her front doorstep. She grabs the box, races back to the orphanage because having, having not received anything for forever, she wanted these children to know, hey, look, people love us and are supporting us, so let's open it up. And in true missionary fashion, they save the string. <laughs> they save the wrapping paper, open it up, and there's some clothes for Helen. Uh, there are some bandages. Uh, there was actually a pretty necklace that somebody had thrown in. and a hot water bottle. Four years, nothing. A hot water bottle. And in the bottom, I don't have to tell you because the little child who prayed came racing up. If God sent a hot water bottle this afternoon, he, set the, he sent the dolly too. Look for it. And it was in there. Oh, the kindness of God. But it's just not the kindness of God. It's the kindness of the local church. It's a church who sent that. It was one church who said, five months prior to that day, let's send Helen an encouragement package with supplies and send our love to her. Five months where they said that and the Holy Spirit impressed a Sunday school teacher, put a hot water bottle in there. Are you serious? Forever? Put a hot water bottle in there. And a young girl who said, if you're sending it there, she has an orphanage, would you put a, a doll in there as well? Oh, the kindness of the local church. We're going to catch her in a lie. We're going to crucify her. And they began to mock her. And they didn't call her Helen. They called her by the name that the locals knew her by. All right, well, if anybody has anything else to say for Mama Luca, you could say it now because Mama Luca. And 800 soldiers unarmed against rebels who were armed surrounded Helen Rosevere that day and saved her life. Why? They knew Mama Luca. They didn't recognize her disheveled and beaten 
But when they heard the Mama Luca, that name, they came running and surrounded her. This is the woman who cares for us. This is the woman who delivers our children. This is Mama Luca. And they said in there, she tried to say what it means in their language, but basically saying to the rebels, this is bone of our bone and blood of our blood. Oh, the kindness of God through people who will put that kindness on display. How is it with you and with me? Yes, as we join together as church family to do things uh, in incredible ways, just to see in that video the ways in which we're reaching into prisons, we're feeding the hungry, we're stepping out in faith and taking on new missions in South America and in Azerbaijan in a 1%, less than 1% a Christian country, to see the ways locally we're helping people who are in recovery or needing housing, the way that we're making mats for the homeless, you stepping out to pray for that, to give to that, and to participate in that. You'll see a social media post go out today about Delta Grace. We're going back to the Delta in a few weeks. How could you serve there? Oh, the kindness of God put on display in Jesus Christ. Move for compassion for those in need. And as part of his kingdom people, how will you and I serve that kingdom with his compassion? Our closing hymn is found in your bulletin. Uh, The words are there in the bulletin. Let's stand together as we sing and as we respond.